closeness. Um, and the Sunday school is dismissed, by the way. I don't everyone saw that. But God is always calling his church to closeness. And it is the natural human tendency to drift. We drift very naturally. So God is saying this morning, I want you to draw close to me. Um, and really, that's the only way he can get close to us is if we allow that to happen. And what does it look like to draw close to the Lord? What does that look like? Um, obedience is fundamentally the first thing that will cause us to draw close. Actually, Jesus said that obedience is what will really define the saint, an obedient life. That doesn't mean a perfect life. He's talking an obedient life. There's something totally different. When we think obedience, we think that's just doing everything right. Well, yes, hopefully that's what comes from obedience. But within our doing things wrong, God is calling us to obedience. What would that be? Repentance, confession. That's drawing close to God. If you want to get close to God, <laughs> start repenting. It is the frequency that he has chosen to use to communicate between us. Repentance and confession. If we want to draw close to God, we have to do so with a spirit of repentance and confession. Not because God is some kind of a strict God that demands this kind of lily-white, clean person. It is because he wants our heart. And the, I tell you, the way to give God our hearts, he will have our hearts when we start confessing and repenting. That's when God will have our heart. So that's one area that he's saying, you want to draw close to me. That is the first area to do it. And the obedience to do what it is that he is asking you and I to do in our daily life. Little acts of thankfulness. Little acts of prayer, little acts of reading the Bible, little acts of doing what we know God wants us to do. These all build something, and it builds relationship, and it builds a closeness. God wants us to come close. And some of us have been staying away from God. We come to church on Sunday, and this is just part of what it is to be in the West, to be honest. But we come to church that's our church experience. That is our maybe weekly spiritual experience. And the rest of the week is all about work and it's all about whatever the week is about. And God is saying, I want to be in your Monday and your Tuesday and your Friday and your Thursday and Saturday. And I want to come into those. I really believe that God is speaking to someone this morning, probably to all of us in some way, shape, or form, saying, let 2020 uh, be a step closer let us make in our heart the determination that we are not going to stand outside the court we are going to step into that inner circle with Jesus Jesus had three people in the middle of that in the very inner circle with them but that doesn't mean that some are outside and some are inside God wants all of us inside he wants to have that intimate, close relationship with all of us. And not because, and it's really for no other reason than he wants us. 
He wants our company. He wants our relationship. He wants to have that closeness with us. Really, you, you and I have nothing to give God that's of any value except our relationship. That's the only thing. That's what he actually values. That scripture that says, what is man that you are mindful of him? That is from the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's one of the great marvels. What is it that God wants from us? Is it our money? Is it our talent? Is it our good looks? Our great taste in clothes? Like, what is it that he wants? He wants who you are. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong. (laughs) Two people said ugly. You said it, I didn't. But we need to be able to bring that to God and know that we will not be rejected. That is how you know you are in relationship with God. When you can come to your spouse and say anything and know that they're not going to put you on the B train out the door. This is a relationship. When we can come to God and say, Father, the only thing I have to give you today is my failure. That's the only thing I have to give you. I did this at work, I said that, and whatever it is. Coming to God with that must do a tremendous joy to God's heart because it means you trust him. Coming to him with some great exploit that you've done, whether in your own strength or his, is good because God gets a kick out of it. He loves being in those things with us. He loves it when we hit a home run spiritually. He loves it when we make it to third base. But it's when we don't do any of those things and we still come to him knowing we don't walk in like the prodigal son did. prodigal son made a very big mistake. When he came back, he said, I am not worthy to be a son. That's a terrible way. That poor guy walked all the way from the pig's pen all the way back to the father with a sense that he was not a son. He wasn't worthy to be a son. And yet God said, that is absolutely a wrong perception. He instantly corrected the prodigal son's perception of who he was in his failure. In his failure, in his complete failure, God said, oh, no, no, you are still my son. You are still need the robe and the sandals and the ring, and you, you still are worthy of all that because I give it to you. And I don't judge you being my son based on your performance. I base it on the fact that I birthed you. And if you're here today in a relationship of Jesus Christ, God has birthed you. You have been birthed into the family of God. There's a whole bunch of prodigals that do not yet know that God is their father. You and I have been given the wonderful gift of understanding that we came through our parents, but we came from God. Before the earth was formed, God saw you and I. That's something I can't fathom. There's great, great, great chunks of God that I can't fathom. And thankfully, because I'd mess it up if I was, if I was able to get in there. But what we do know is that he knew you before you were ever formed. And therefore, he knows everything about you. And he still wants to, this morning, put a ring on your finger, put a robe of righteousness of Christ on you, and the sandals that 
mean that you're in the family and you are part of the family. You are here and God wants to be close with you. That's an amazing thing. Because so many people believe that God is against them. So many feel that God is an enemy. He is a judgmental enemy. And what he's saying this morning is, just the way you are is the way I want to love you. I don't want you coming to me with errors. I don't want you coming to me with, with a lot of prayer and bravado and, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, and never stopping long enough to say, Father, I need you. I am broken, and this is how I'm broken. And to sit down and have a good old conversation. There's nothing more intimate between a parent and a child that when their child comes to them with something that has happened in their life, something they have done wrong, and it's serious, and they choose to sit down with their mother or their father or both of them and actually say, here's what has happened. I need your help. That's a very precious moment. Any parent who's been in that, that's a very precious moment. And also we know what it's like when our kids, we know what they're doing and they try to hide it from us. Isn't that frustrating? It's so maddening because there's no trust. It's saying, I don't trust you. I'm not going to tell you this. I'm hiding this from you. And it just really hurts. And I believe it hurts God's heart too when we hide who we truly are. So it's, it's a beautiful thing that God is saying to us this morning. And God will say to you and continue to show you how it is that he wants you to draw close to him. For some, it will be starting to go to church more regularly. Some, it will be actually starting a relationship, actually saying, God, I have not been walking with you. I'm going to start trying to walk with you now. I'm going to start pointing my life in your direction. That's a way you can become close. There's all kinds of ways. Some of us will get close by letting go of some stuff that is between us and God. Some desires of the heart and some lusts of the heart and the pride of life and, and letting go of things. And God will very, very gently show us what those things are. But God is saying, I want you to come close. And I want to comment also on the word that you brought about Jesus' standing. I got that exact picture about six months ago that Jesus stood when Stephen was being stoned. And, and we rather poetically believe that he was standing because Stephen was the first martyr and he was honoring it and he was the first well-done, good and faithful servant. Um, and it was a time of honor. It was the start of the church. And Jesus was standing. And about six months ago, I got a profound sense that Jesus is standing again. But he's standing because it's the end of the church. And that I believe with all of my heart that we are in a time of judgment. Now that sounds, oh no, here he goes about judgment again. But we have to understand what's happening in the world and why it's happening. America will not be great again. None of it's going to be great again. Now, that's a very fatalistic, cynical, kind of almost maniacal way of looking at it. But it's a very biblical way of looking at it. God has had the earth and all of creation in a time of grace. In a time where he was winking at the sin of humanity. He winked through the, New, the Old Testament, then he brought Jesus 
which atoned for the stuff of the Old Testament for those who came to that point. And he birthed the church so that there would be a time of grace. You and I are here to hold back the darkness that is trying to kill everybody out there. There is a force in the universe that is trying to kill everybody. Some slowly, some with some very pretty accoutrements. They're all done up. They have a lot of money. They have a nice life. Killing them with excess. Killing them. We in the West are being killed by being able to have anything we want. And we're suffocating in it. We're drowning in it. And I do believe that the world and the church is in a time of judgment. And why is God doing that? Because it's time. There's no more winking. You are either in or you are out. There's no gray area with God. There's no, well, I think about him every once in a while and that's okay and that's, no. Or the wonderful thing that we hear so often and it's a deception is, I'm a pretty good person. I'm okay. I didn't murder anybody. Well, if that's the bar you're using, then I guess that's okay. But the bar that God gives us is perfection. No sin. That is what you need to be in order to be accepted on your merit and on your behavior and on your deeds. If that's the way you want to go, that's a high bar. And Jesus was the only one who was able to do that, and he did it for us so that we can stand in front of God and say, I failed, Jesus didn't. I was not able to, Jesus was able to. I wasn't perfect, Jesus was perfect. And we scurry like little mice in underneath that wonderful grace that God so mercifully has given us. But I believe judgment is here now. And I believe that we're going to see things come on the earth that are going to absolutely shake us to our core. And there are some that will not stand through it in the church. And why will they not stand? Because they have not come close. I was, there's a very famous TV guy, Christian, who had Kanye West on. Now, I'm not saying anything about Kanye West. I'm not making any judgment about Kanye West. He's a very, very famous rapper, probably the biggest one in the world right now, outside of, well, Drake is up there with him. Uh, but the, the fact is, as I watch that, this man who leads a very crazy life, and that's even okay. And I have to be very careful because God's possibly working with Kanye, and that's a beautiful thing. But what I look at and I see them way before his time pumping him up in front of the world because it's Joel Osteen's TV program, which is seen by more Christians than anybody else. And I'm going, why is he doing that? Because we want to be like the world. We want the world to like us. We want to have these, these famous people come in and somehow give the message credence. Well, you know what? Jesus don't need Kanye West. And I'm saying, Father, more and more we are trying to get our worth from the world. We're trying to get, we've bought the message of it's 
how much you have and your job and your wealth and your position and all this stuff. And we've seen that come into the church. All we need is Jesus. That's all we need. And that's all the church needs. And a people who are willing to be humble and obedient and come close to him. And through you and through me, God will do the work of the gospel. I pray Kanye West has a massive, massive move of God in his life. He obviously has had something, and I hope it spreads through his whole social circle and all the rest of it. But I don't want a worldly Jesus. I want the Jesus that is in the pages of the New Testament. And that is a Jesus who went to the blind and to the lame and to the poor. And John the Baptist, John the Baptist said, which is one of the startling things of the New Testament, is that John the Baptist is the person who first identified Jesus as the Son of God. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He was the one who saw Jesus first for who he was. Not a year and a half later, almost two years later, he says, are you really the Jesus, the Messiah? That's a startling thing. That really is. Because Jesus was not what he expected. It was a different kind of Jesus. It was a humble Jesus. It was a Jesus who did not go after the power of political. He didn't go after position. He didn't go after money. He didn't go after any of that. He went actually quite in the other direction. Something the church needs to understand. And so we are not a church that needs position and power and political power in order to somehow be doing the will of God. No, it is the humble Jesus that we would be humble of heart and just follow him in our daily life, come close to him in the little ways that he's asking us to do it, and we will be the church, the church of Jesus Christ. So God is telling us something. And to say that the world is being judged, the church has been, I'll finish with this, but the church has been preaching this for 2,000 years. Like, for 2,000 years we've been saying, this age is going to come to an end. And I think we have the unenviable, in some ways, reality of maybe being the generation that will see that. And they say, well, it seems pretty good. I don't know. Like, I got a car and I got a fridge and I got a microwave and we got kids in college. And, and yet the Bible says, just like in the days of Noah, so will it be in the coming of the Lord. Which means it says people will be marrying and, and basically the, the translation there is people are just going to be living their life. They're going to be getting up, going to work. Life's great. I've got taxi fare today. Life is great. Everything's good. I can go to Tim Hortons. I can go. We were going, out to, we're going to Cuba next month. Uh, we're going on a trip to Cape Breton. Everything's just roses. And then it's over. Now, some of us get that early because we all of a sudden drop of a heart attack. It's the same thing. And it says when it happens, it'll happen quickly. So, I mean, we can either sit around and wait for America or the world to be great again. Or we can read the signs of the times and say, we better get ourselves ready. And I'm saying to people now, I'm saying to uh, 
you know, people who are involved in the environment and political activism and the ecology and all that stuff, and we should because the first thing God told us to do was take care of the planet. That's the first thing he told us to do. He didn't tell us to throw everything in the garbage and in the landfills. He said, take care of the planet. But with that said, um, I believe we're going to see it happen very quickly. And I'm saying to people, listen, before you're running around doing saving the world, make sure you've got your spiritual life jacket on. Make sure that you are connected with God. Make sure that when this goes down, you don't go down with it. And I know this all sounds very cynical and it sounds very dark, but it's in the pages of the Bible. And God is warned, and he put it in there as a warning. Jesus said, he said, it's going to be bad at that time. Even though that talk about the end times that Jesus did, it is skirting A.D. 70 when the temple was destroyed, but he's also mixing in there the end times prophecies. Because to God, it's all one thing. It's all one move. And what we have to make sure is that we are close. I don't believe the word that was given this morning was a mistake. God is saying, come close, and then the next thing we hear is there's judgment coming. Not coming, here. And so God is obviously saying something very stern as we end out 2019. And, you know, it's this time of year that everyone gets eloquent and starts talking about 2020 and vision and all that stuff. Well, what did God just say? He said, here's a good vision for you for 2020. Get close to me because judgment is happening. And if you're not with me, you're not going to stand. Final thing. I know I said that already. This final thing. Jesus said to the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, he went over and said something very peculiar to them. They're falling asleep. And he said, pray that you be not tempted. And I've often thought, tempted? Tempted with what? Tempted to go asleep. Judgment was just over the hill. Jesus knew it. I was on Guess, uh, guess where Gethsemane is, it's a f- maybe a 15-minute, 10-minute walk up to Jerusalem. He knew they were coming. And he's saying, don't fall asleep, folks. Wake up, pray, because there is going to be something coming that is going to require every bit of faith you have to survive it. And we saw what happened because they weren't praying. What did they do? They took off like rats off a sinking ship. They all took off in every direction. We can't do that. And God is telling us this morning, it's coming. It's just over the hill. And matter of fact, if you look real close, you can see the fires. You can see it coming. Well, I can't see anything coming. Have you looked at the economy? Have you looked at the environment? Have you looked at the state of humanity? These are all warning signs. These are all the signs of the times that Jesus was telling us about. And he said, if you're wise, you'll know them. You won't just sit around and go, huh, look at that. Look at them fighting over there. Look at those crazy people fighting over there. I think we'll go to Wendy's. That's not what God is allowing to happen. We have mass media so that we can see the signs. But, of course, mass media has sucked us in, and now it has caused the church to be polluted with its culture. But nonetheless, it is a sign of the times that God is saying to us, 
we want to hear something about 2020, draw close to me. Draw close to me because judgment is happening. And judgment will happen on the church first. And God will separate the goats from the sheep. And in, in the apostasy that was in the Old Testament and in the New Testament in Jesus' time, they were going to the temple and they were very religious. They were bringing the tithes in. They were bringing the offerings in. They were doing all of the sacramental duties from the Old Testament. They were very devout religious people, especially in the Old Testament, to the point that Jesus, God said in the, through the prophets of the Old Testament, he said, I'm sick and tired of your offerings. I don't want them anymore. What I want is honesty in the inner being. I want truthfulness. I want justice. I want love, compassion, mercy. This is the stuff that God wanted. And we have to be very careful that if we think for a minute that there isn't a goat church happening, we are blind as blind can be. If you don't think that a goat church has been erected in our culture, then we're really sadly, sadly deceived. There is and there always has been a false church, a false faith. Looked like the real thing, but when you got into it, it was full of all kinds of bad things. And what God does is he'll rip it out every once in a while for us to see it. Mass media, you'll hear about this guy falling and that church and this happening. and He'll just pull it out. He'll say, look, here it is. Look, here it is. What is the real church? Those who come close. Those who come close to me. Significantly through confession and repentance and obedience. That's the real church. And it's an expensive church. And uh, sometimes it costs us something to be in that church. You don't have all the of, the of the modern pizzazz jazz church. So I can't go on because I'm going to get to it. will just go on. But Father, you are saying something to us this morning. Very somber. I don't know where this all came from. Well, it came from you. And uh, Father, this is you speaking. And Father, as we worshiped you this morning and, and just elevated you, uh, you came in and you told us something we need to know. You could have told us that we're all going to get big fat paychecks and a bigger car and house in 2020. But you came and you had the mercy and the grace and the love to tell us the truth. You're saying we need to draw close to you because tough times are happening and tougher times are coming. So, Father, let us be a people who draw into you. Let us be a people who seek after you. Let us be a people who are an open book in front of you, who are willing to come and say, I need help here, I need help here, I need forgiveness here, I need your grace and mercy here. And Father, God, let us be people who do the same with others. Father, we thank you for what you're saying to us this morning. And Lord, this morning, if there's the word change is coming to my mind, anybody here this morning who is desiring to make a change you just know a change needs to happen. And you give this message very often to us, Father, because you're merciful. 
and you're never willing to stop the opportunity for us to come to you. So, Father, again this morning, for those who need to make a change in their life, I pray right now you speak to us and show us what that change is. Because, Father, I believe everybody here wants to be closer to you. So show us what obstructs. Show us what needs to change. And we will trust as we give it to you that, Father God, by your Holy Spirit, that change will happen. That healing will come. That restoration of relationship will happen. That renewing of faith and enthusiasm for you will happen. Father, we give it to you in this moment here this morning. We just give it to you. And we allow your honesty to be upon us and ours to be with you. Come, Holy Spirit. We receive your restoration. We just receive your restoration this morning. Because, Father, this morning you're putting rings on fingers and cloaks on shoulders and sandals on feet. And we receive our son and daughtership in you this morning because you love us, Father, not because of who we are, what we are, how we are, but because, Father God, you created us and you want a relationship with us. In Jesus' name, amen.